Hello, Eyes on Big Nation. This is Big Kurt here. I wanted to kick off this episode by letting you know that the audio quality is below our normal high Eyes on Big standards. And as your head engineer and resident Baba Booey of the Eyes on Big podcast, that rests solely on me. So thanks for listening. I promise to do better next time. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is the big college football playoff, Kurt. <laughs> that was sarcasm right there, yes. if you weren't picking it up. Uh, big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. Please keep sharing. Numbers are great. We appreciate it. So we'll jump right into it let's get into a little bit of housekeeping items housekeeping no thank you sleeping housekeeping all right all bad news so far today unfortunately northwestern running back isaiah bowser with an undisclosed injury is out versus umass as is northwestern wide receiver kyrick mcgowan after that huge game yeah also undisclosed he is out man that stinks ruckers running back oh how can you be the fighting Isaiah Pacheco's if Isaiah Pacheco is not playing? No bueno. No. So he's he's not out, but he's questionable versus Ohio State. They're going to need every, every one they can get there. And then moving on to some really sad news here. Former Michigan State University wide receiver Charles Rogers has passed away at 38 years old. Yeah. Young man. What a just a horrible time for Sparty right now. It just keeps getting worse. You know, and – Obviously, it's much, uh, much a worse thing for Charles Rogers, friends and family. But seriously, I mean, Spartan Nation right now—they've got to be afraid. Got to be mourning. Just, just even pick up Twitter and read anything. Absolutely, at this point. it's all bad news. And I, Charles Rogers, holds a special place in my heart. I just loved watching that guy play. He was such a freakish athlete. I think probably him, Terry Glenn. And Desmond Howard are the three best Big Ten receivers I've ever watched in my lifetime. Yeah, that's a really good list. Um, Charles Rogers obviously was one of those. He was just a dude uh, for how big, physical, fast, you know, all the attributes he brought to the field. Um, I was shocked that he didn't have more success in the NFL. I think it was yeah. most of it was health related, obviously. Yeah. Um, he struggled with some some physical problems, some yep. physical addictions. I just remember watching him play. I think it was against Northwestern in Evanston and just thinking they could just throw the ball in his general direction. He's going to catch it every single time. I don't care how many guys they put on him. He was literally unstoppable. Correct. He's one of those receivers that uh, game plan and, and go out the offensive window. schemes don't really matter. No. You just throw it up to him. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry to Spartan Nation. Obviously, sorry to uh, the, the family, most of all. Um, okay, so moving on, that'll get us to uh, college football playoff. Yeah. We are recording a little bit early, truth be told. The college football playoff rankings just came out just now. We saw them. Um, obviously, we're not going to run down the entire list. I'll just kind of point out the notable things. LSU jumped up in front of Ohio State. They're one, Ohio State's two. Uh, something that just stuck out to me was they do a little ESPN when I say they. They do a little preamble into the show where it's Reese Davis just kind of talking over and they're showing. They were already chalking up LSU in front of Ohio State. 
Well, and they were and, talking about three SEC teams. Yep. How do we get three in there? I mean, here's the scenario. Openly, that's like the lead-in to the show. Yeah. And how can you keep Bama out of the top four? Or five, you know, it's amazing. They just campaign. I mean, it's not even remotely. No, hidden. they're not even hiding it anymore because they couldn't care less. I yeah. mean, it's just it's. Anyways, but, well, uh, they know it works. Like, so just keep doing it. Yeah, just keep doing it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, like it. It's just more and more bombastic. I don't know how else to say it. I just think that the the casual college football fan that likes college football but is not as fanatic like me and you are, they just buy it. They whatever ESPN says, they buy it hook, line, and sinker. Especially when you don't get past the tenth grade education in the entire South. Sure. You're going to soak it up even more. That's right. Um, yeah, so the uh, Big Ten with two teams in the top ten, uh, or excuse me, three teams in the top ten. The SEC has three teams in the top ten. Pac-12 with two, the Big 12 with one, and the ACC with one. Uh, the Big Ten has six ranked teams. The SEC has five. The Pac-12, I, I uh, said they have two teams in the top ten. Only two teams they have period wow. ranked are in the top 10 the big 12 kind of opposite one team in the top 10 five ranked hmm. so what this shows you more than anything is have one or two teams elite at the top don't you dare have a lot of depth in your conference no. because that'll just obviously kill you for the college football unless playoff. you're the sec then you're just you're going through that gauntlet that so. it's a gauntlet then yeah. suddenly it switches to a gauntlet. that's right <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So a couple notables here. We'll start out with Indiana, not ranked. Wow, really? They didn't sneak in. They did not sneak okay, in. Okay, I saw they're ranked in the AP, I believe. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is kind of crazy to say, not to uh, <laughs> not to crap on Sparty anymore, but I, I'm guessing they're seeing the Michigan State loss as really dragging them down because you really can't count the Ohio State loss against them. Cincinnati no. is ranked all the way at 17th. They got absolutely pounded. By sure. Ohio State. So really, we're looking at the fact that, you know, the, the other loss is Michigan State. Yeah, which is too bad. I guess so. Uh, a surpriser to me, Iowa ranked 20th. That was only, a little higher than I expected. Though, I think maybe. it's a little bit higher than most people yeah. expect. In fact, when they showed the first screen up and it's uh, teams 25 through 21 and Iowa wasn't on there. I'm you like, just oh, figured, yeah, we, we dropped out. And then and the I, next screen I wouldn't came have been up. surprised if they had. dropped. No, out. I wouldn't have been surprised either. Um, then uh, Wisconsin 14. So they stayed almost exactly in the same spot mm -hmm. after the win, which is just kind of crazy. Penn State at nine. So with the loss, they dropped from four to nine. Yeah. And then, of course, I would say the most controversial team, if that's the right wording, is Minnesota at eight. I mean, it's got to be, right? And uh, what's your thoughts? Well, I just feel like they've got a – I know Georgia has a couple pretty quality wins. Yep. But they've got a terrible loss. Correct. To me – And Minnesota's undefeated with a really good win. Right. Georgia's got two good wins over Florida and Auburn, but to me, the loss. Number they one, also beat Notre Dame, and Notre Dame. So okay, okay three. so three big wins. Yep. Okay, um, but you negate one of those simply because you lost to South Carolina yeah. at home. I mean, really, it takes off one of those, and and a loss is a loss. It, I was great. I was listening to uh, Packer today, driving in my car, and uh, they had uh, I can't remember who they had on. It was a college football. Uh, mind and the uh, caller in the this person was talking about the eye test essentially yep and then of course he said but seriously guys 
do you really think Oregon or uh, excuse me Alabama is going to lose a game I was to Minnesota or Oregon or Utah? Moment. And then a caller called in and said, I don't know if he was like West Coast or something, but he was great. He was just like, but like. That's just your opinion, man. <laughs> you don't know that, and, and I was dying laughing because well, and you gotta you 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 gotta take in like earning your spot too, right? That's gotta factor in this. Otherwise, why are we playing the game? And that's if it's all eye test. That's that's right, and that, and that's what our what our guy Dustin Shooty says all the time. Like these games on the field have to matter they to have something. To. And by the way, and, and I don't know if maybe you. You put it into my brain last week, and now I'm seeing it more on Twitter, or I'm just flat out seeing it more on Twitter. Tons of people uh, responding to people's um, um, guesses on what the college football playoff was going to be or who they think the top team should be. And almost every one of them had Georgia and Alabama, four and five or whatever. And I saw a lot of people responding saying, why don't we just rank it off the recruiting rankings and be yeah. done with it? Yeah, just, just pull up I mean, I probably saw that six or seven times on Twitter this week. Yeah, you know, and not to disparage Alabama, LSU is a really good loss. But if you look at their wins versus Minnesota's... They don't have one. They don't have one. Correct. No. And, and I'm Minnes- assuming that's why Georgia is in front of Alabama. But then you compare, you know, again, like the... the, the the hypocrisy right, so that people the keep hypocrisy. pointing at is that what killed Ohio State is the losses versus Iowa and the losses versus Purdue. One thing I like yep. to point out, again, I don't mean to you know, beat the dead horse, that Iowa team won eight games that year. Sure. Purdue was a bowl team. Sure. Those games were on the road. Yeah. Georgia uh, lost it home. To and, a, a and South Carolina, South Carolina they're going to have to really pull things around to just get to a bowl. Okay. It, it's got to drag them down. Mm. Another thing to point out back to Minnesota. I mean, again, I think it's it's universally accepted outside of the SEC and ESPN footprint that if it was the Minnesota Aggies, right, the sure. the Minnesota Tigers, oh, yeah, they would be they would be four right so, now. Of course they would. Um, and then Kirk Herbstreit during the show. They they cut to him, you know, what's your original thought, you know, your your initial thoughts here. At this point, they hadn't uh, uh, done the top six. The top six is the last screen that they yeah. do. And so they were basically, he's like, well, I'm going to point out Minnesota. And that screaming you're hearing is cheering from Minneapolis. And really, Minnesota fans what? are like, no, we're not cheering no. happiness. We think we should be higher. We got screwed. Again, the arrogance and the... The programming, do you, like the layers to that. I know. Do you? Uh, do, of course, I see it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing too, just to prove that this maybe isn't necessarily you know completely against the Big Ten. Baylor is behind two two lost teams in Florida and Auburn. Wow. I have watched enough Florida and Auburn to know they don't have good quarterback play. Right. They've got a freshman and Kyle Trask. These are not good quarterbacks. <laughs> right. And they're, Tanner, they're not, they're not Tanner Morgan's a great quarterback. Tanner Morgan has 100% outplayed anybody. Yeah. If Kyle Trask was on Iowa or Minnesota, it would be, oh, my God, how, how can you put a team in the top 15 with Kyle Trask sure. as your quarterback? I mean, Auburn's ranked behind seven one-loss teams. I mean, that's that's apparently what they think about the Big 12. Wow. Uh, it, again, it's just the consistency. What consistency? No, there's right? no consistency. It's just kind of a mix of, you know, who is the team? What is their brand? Um, the, the, I test, which is recruiting. I test, yeah, which is just simply recruiting. And then what they've done kind of on the field, but then that changes from team to team too. Correct. Yeah. So 
Is this a good system? It is not a good system. No, it's an awful system. No, it's stupid. It's ruining college it's, football. It is just, this is the best way I can describe it. It's just silly. This is silly. It's silly. But that's how we're de- determining our championship, by silliness. <sighs> All right. So, anything more? No, that's okay. it. I didn't think so. All right, let's move on to actual football games where they keep score. There is a winner or loser declared. At the end of the game. It's pretty crazy. That's what I like about it. Yeah, there's a winner and a loser. That's my favorite part of college football. All right, so all of these games take place on Saturday, November 16th. We've got six games. Only one team is idle this week in the Big Ten. And we're enjoying it, baby. Fighting a line. Boy, it's going to be the best idle week I can In a year when... You, you couldn't feel any more special. You're the only idol team this week. Yeah, that's pretty special right And there. then crazy stat that I heard this week that I shared with Kurt off air before. So 308 to zero. 308 zero. Yep. What does that stat mean? And I couldn't pull. I was, you know. I didn't give you any anything to go No, of. but I was racking my brain. I had a couple guesses that weren't very good. But it turns out in the last... 10 years that big 10 teams in big 10 versus big 10, right? Or just big just 10 big overall 10 teams overall are winning 21 points or more going in the fourth quarter are undefeated 38, Three, 308 and nothing until Illinois. Now this, Michigan now State. they're 308 and one. Uh, and it seems to be that more people are taking that as a sign against D'Antonio than for lovey and the Illini, which very, of course, very much been that. Yeah. There's been that sentiment. Now uh, permeating, it can be both. Because by the way, it is both. It, right. it is. It showed that Illinois never gave up in the game, and, and they had fighting. amazing individual effort after individual effort after individual effort, and played well as a team. Did they make mistakes? Of course, they made mistakes. You know who else made mistakes? Michigan State made. Which mistakes. gets me back to my original point, which is why obviously people are not real happy in Sparty Land. We'll get to that game here in just a little bit. All right, first game up, the 7-2 and two Indiana Hoosiers going into Happy Valley to take on the number nine ranked 8-1 and one Penn State Nittany Lions. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on ABC. The line is Nittany Lions by 14 and a hook. Over-under is 55. Indiana yards per play differential positive 1.0. Penn State, positive 1.6. Penn State leads the overall series 21-1. IU in 2013 won 44-24 in B-Town over the Nets, okay? The one game in this series that sticks out to me is that great 94 Penn State team. Remember that team? Juggernaut. Kerry Collins, Kijana Carter. They had trouble going into Bloomington that that year. They won that game thirty-five to twenty-nine. I I call this the Thomas Lewis game. You remember that receiver for Indiana was just going off, and they they couldn't stop him. And it, it really put a scare into the Nets. But they did pull it off thirty-five to twenty-nine. Wow. Okay. Um. So at fourteen and a hook, fifty-five overall. Vegas is saying somewhere around thirty-four to twenty for this game is what they're expecting. Um. I'll say this much. Just a month ago, certainly three months ago, this game did not look like something for Hoosier fans to be, or excuse me, uh, Nittany Lion fans to be too nervous about. But boy, is this a nervous game. This is the sandwich of all sandwich games for Penn State. They had the emotional road contest loss versus Minnesota last week. So now they got to get up off the mat after the loss. And who do they have next week? 
Ohio State. This is all of the all of the sandwichy, trappy, yeah. anything you want to put in there, this game's got it. So does it surprise you that it's a 14-and-a-half-point spread? Um, I was a little surprised A little bit that. surprised. Seems um, a little high to me. Yeah, a little high. I, I, And especially another thing, another thing to throw in there, Indiana was idle last week. Too. I know. I mean, seriously, you can't stack it up anymore well, against Penn State. To take it another step, we've been talking throughout this season about Indiana overcoming these obstacles that they've never been able to overcome in the past. Like, they could get close but never quite win certain games, right? So, like, knocking off a big boy is one of them. Is what that's you're one of them. So, that's their next big step as a program having a great season is to go on the road and beat a really good team on the road. This is a great opportunity for IU. I would say it's a phenomenal opportunity, one that if you look back in time, it doesn't set up any better than no, this. No, it couldn't, which is why I'm just surprised it's 14 and a half. And let me let me throw this out to you, too. I was thinking about this. Um, okay, so what we know about Penn State hasn't really changed, right? I still feel very good about their front seven. Um, the offense isn't the most consistent offense in the world, but can certainly – Put up big, uh, more plays. dangerous than con- than consistent. More dangerous you say? than consistent. That is perfect. Now the team last week that gave Penn State issues, correct? Mm-hmm. Minnesota. Okay. Now, what color does Minnesota and Indiana wear? They both wear reddish colors. One okay. is crimson, the other yeah. one's maroon. If we're okay. going to be technical, right? Uh, receiving core. For That's what teams. I have written down: is okay. the receivers versus a defensive backfield for Penn State, that's got to be feeling like their confidence has been hit, right? Right, and I think you could keep going down the line. I mean, the offensive line shouldn't be as good as it is, but it's playing well. Yes. The running backs aren't out otherworldly, but are good. Yep. I- the quarterback has been thrust into a position that was thought to be a backup but and, is playing well. Are, is, and very Tanner morgan looking. Right. Like, kind of, like, skill Indi- set. Indiana and uh, Minnesota. They're the Spider-Man the Spider-Man. Yeah, they're, they're the Spider-Man. Yes, that's at exactly each other. what they are. Are they not? And I now, don't think... I'm, I'm going to put Minnesota a yes, step up. So step I don't want to besmirch, nope. you know, but but when you're 7-2 and two or 9-0, and oh, you're doing all the same things but a little bit better. With that being said, there's got to be things that the Hoosier offensive staff the DeBoer is looking at and saying, we can do that. We can do I'm that. I'm sure. And, and you got you to gotta make Penn State beat you. I mean, you know, Minnesota made Penn State look bad at times on defense. I'm sure Kalen DeBoer is looking at that and, and licking his chops right now. I mean, essentially what these coaches do is they copy. They copy and sure. paste and copy and Nobody paste. Nobody does anything original in coaching. No, no, nobody's been anything original for years and years. No. Um, now – Obviously, coaches will will move things around that you know fits their personnel. But when you have personnel that matches up so well to what the Penn State defense struggled with last week, that is going to be incredible for me to see. I do think Minnesota's defense, especially their secondary, a uh, little bit better than the Hoosiers. Yeah, um, but I don't know. The Hoosiers got a couple good cornerbacks that are coming on. Okay, so Marcelino Ball, right? He's, he's a player. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would probably overall. Give the- I mean, it it it's hit or miss with Penn State or excuse me with the Hoosiers and their defense. I think what I'm getting at here is that this does seem like a lot of points. I'm definitely going to look at what the weather conditions are closer to the game. Hmm. But if it looks like it's going to be nice and Happy Valley, I'm going to take the over in this hmm. game. Okay, 
And then all the things we're talking about here, right? The getting off the mat, the the secondary's got to play better, all of that stuff. I'm gonna go ahead and take 14 and a hook, and I I could see that hook coming in big. I mean yeah. this this uh, Vegas saying 34 to 20. Honestly, I think this might wind up being like a 41 to 30 type of game. Like hmm. I, I see a lot of points on the board for this. The one thing that gives me pause here is Penn State still controls their own destiny. Absolutely. I mean, shockingly, they even said it on the on the committee show tonight. So they have a ton to play for, too. So how are are they really going to fall into that trap is my one concern. But we just said too many things in favor of Indiana. So I'm going Indiana plus the 14 and a half. Really don't know where to go on this total here. I'm going to edge toward the under, though. Okay. And Penn State to win the game. Penn State to win the game just okay. by less than that 14 and a half. Okay, so we agree on 14 and the hook. You go under, and I'm over. Okay. Next up, another 11 o'clock a.m. game. Yes, that's right. <laughs> UMass at 1 and 9 at Northwestern at 1 and 8. Shockingly, this is on Big Ten Network. You know, there are a lot of lines that surprise me. This might be the most surprising line in my entire life as you in your entire life the wildcats are favored by 40 yep and a believe half. me my eyes bugged out too the over under 56.5 yep say what i know it's crazy isn't it this didn't this didn't blow your mind it i did not the most surprising ever but yeah i looked at the 40 and a half i about crap my pants is this the worst matchup in November matchup in oh, Big Ten history. God, I can't remember a worse one. And, you know, I know we are not the type of, we try not to be the type of podcasters that are jerks, but like this is, this is newsworthy. It's to a stinker. Me, right? Let's like, be honest. Like it's if we don't call this out, we're not doing our jobs at this point. In, in all honesty, dead honest, do you think this football game, both with, with the stadium and TV, will have 100,000 eyeballs on it? <laughs> By the way, start looking at all the other if, games are on at 11 okay, o'clock. I know, who's, there's a ton of games. Who's watching this game? The, I'll tell you, you want to know who's watching it? It's the, the the screen in the bar that's way in the corner that's nobody's near. But nobody's watching it. just happens it. to be. No, that no. scenario, they get no eyeballs. There's no eyeballs. I mean, gamblers are watching it, I guess, right? I, I guess. I mean, don't you think this is an attractive line to a gambler? It is attractive to me. Yeah. Um, all right. UMass is... Terrible. Do you want to know how terrible they Go are? Go for it. They're as bad as Ohio State is good. Do you know why I say that? Their that's, yards that's per play. Good, hold on. That's interesting. Yards per play differential at a negative 3.7, which is what Ohio State is in the positive. Holy. Negative. Th- I've never heard of a number that bad. Wow. Now, Northwestern's not very good either. This is Grinnell College bad. Like, just. just are they that bad? Well, I don't know, but like the. <laughs> We're going to shut her down because we don't want to get oh, our boys right. hurt. I forgot yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Northwestern's sitting at a negative 1.3. So collective, these two teams are negative five points per play together. <laughs> uh, it's their first ever matchup, probably for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I do just, I guess, why are we doing this? I don't know. This is this is crazy. I this one just snuck. I I, I saw it. You know, preseason obviously breaking down their schedule. Right. Obviously. Chalked it up as well, but but Vegas is saying the score of this game is going to be forty-eight to eight. I mean, can you see <laughs> forty-eight to eight? For, can you see Northwestern scoring? I can't that see. many points. I don't. I know. mean, even on the we're going to get to their defense. Hold on. So first of all, let's start with Northwestern's offense. Here's where they rank in the country out of one hundred and thirty. 
teams in the following categories. Points per game, 129th. Yards per game, 126th. Points per play, 130th. Yards per play, 129th. Okay, now let's look at mass on defense. Their opponent points per game, dead last in the country. Opponent yards per game, dead last in the country. Opponents points per play, dead last in the country. Opponents yards per play, dead last in the You're country. You're kidding me. No. They ran the table. So what is going to happen when this putrid Northwestern offense goes up against this even more putrid UMass defense. What's the opposite of the unstoppable force meets the immovable object? I don't know. This is this is the exact opposite of that. I don't know. And and UMass is not very good on offense either. <laughs> yeah. So they're not going to put up any points. I mean, them against a really good Northwestern defense, I don't... So, I mean, so bas- basically, I mean, again, I mean, this is what Vegas is saying. That gigantic over-under, Northwestern basically has to score has all to the score points. all of it. And don't get me other wrong. Than, other than a... Pick six, fumble, pick, you know, That's something the only way, that, like a you know, short field touchdown. Sure, special teams. Um, but let's let's say this. Northwestern did look competent at times versus a bad Purdue defense. That's true. They did start, they popped off some big runs. They they looked like a more normal team for that With game. With that being said, I refuse to take a forty and a half point line to have Northwestern to cover. No way. And I refuse to take a fifty six and a half point over under for this game to go over that i'm no going I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm taking I'm umass you, and the points in the under so uh, i think i even feel better maybe about the under we need a like a little we need the, a, a oh, yeah. we need where's that cash register there it is i mean that's a that's yeah. a that's a double lock for me yeah. on both of them okay we'll do another one yeah there we go okay crazy i, I don't, can't believe we just broke that game down <laughs> we are the only, <laughs> only podcast, podcast in america, in america. That that yes proud to admit it all right next game up let's get into some uh, football contest here we have got the number 14th ranked seven and two wisconsin badgers traveling into lincoln to take on the four and five nebraska corn huskers this is an 11 o'clock a.m game on btn line badgers by 14 and a half over under 51.5 Badgers yards per play differential positive 2.1. Nebraska's still in the positive at 0.2. Wisconsin owns the overall series 9 to 4. Would you have guessed that? Yes. Okay. I seemed a little more skewed. I would have guessed a little more even than that. But yeah, I mean, it, pretty most of these games they played since they joined the Big Ten, and Wisconsin's owned that. However, these two had a home and home 1973 and 74. The home teams won both. North uh, Nebraska won 20 to 16 in Lincoln in 73. Wisconsin 21-20 in Madtown. That was wow. John Jardine, the head coach of Wisconsin, and Tommy Osborne for Nebraska. I'm shocked to hear Wisconsin got one of those back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, that little bit surprised me. Yeah, a little bit. Um, oh, this is the Freedom Trophy game. Is yes. this possibly the most forced trophy game in sport? Uh, Nebraska fans would, I would think they would be. That's debatable whether it's the the Iowa Trophy or the Wisconsin Trophy. I would think. Um, yeah. Uh, the Wisconsin players were asked about this being a rivalry. They largely laughed it off. Zach Bond literally laughed it off. Like, he did. I would say up to the point of bulletin board Uh-oh. material wow. laughed it off. Um, that's good info. I saw a uh, Badger fan site that did a. Uh, uh, poll is this a rivalry it was like 86 percent no when the last time i i saw the poll so it's it's tough for these new teams coming into yeah, a conference to, yeah to like 
establish a rivalry and have a trophy. It just, just is so forced to me. A couple of things that don't help out with that either. The reason I wasn't surprised at the overall record, Wisconsin is 7-1 and one in this game since Nebraska joined the Big Ten. There you go. Here's another one. I, and I got this from Nebraska Twitter. So if any Nebraska fans want to throw uh, uh, rotten tomatoes at me, I, I didn't seek this out. It found me from a Nebraska fan. Since joining the Big Ten, Nebraska has averaged giving up over 300 yards rushing a game against Wisconsin. Oh, Lord. Total up all eight games. It's They've they've averaged over 300 yards oh, rushing Wisconsin. Wow. That's kind of crazy to and think. The one that sticks out is that championship game in, yes. in Indy. It yeah. just was the Melvin Gordon show. When he was he was an under uh, uh, classman too. Correct. It was the more time. the Monty Ball yeah. story at that point. And right. just I remember watching that game, and I just I couldn't believe what I saw. I, I mean, it was just like it was video. It was literally. I mean, we use it a lot, but it was the proverbial video game. It absolutely was. Not that uh, Nebraska fans want that broken down. I mean, moving around to this game. Uh, Nebraska is coming off being idle last week, yeah. and uh, Wisconsin. So the triple whammy, right? Nebraska idle, Wisconsin emotional game sure. last week. Then also have to go on the road. Um, so those things all favor uh, uh, Nebraska. What kind of favors Wisconsin is pretty much everything else. Yeah, I mean, I know that we still don't know what type of of fractured or what level of fracture is inside the Nebraska locker room right now. So when I'm here's my analogy. There's there's different kinds of wounded animals, right? There's the wounded animal that's kind of got a nick on him and he's pissed off and he's dangerous. Ironically a badger would come to mind. Okay, there's a good example. Then there's the wounded animal that's kind of more wounded and is not that dangerous, is like just wants to be left alone. I feel like that's Nebraska right now. Those are the two wounded animals we have right now. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, Wisconsin is very much still in the Big Ten West race. They well, could that's still another get, thing. They could still get to Indianapolis. Nebraska is in still fact, very much. How the weekend, the, how the weekend, how Vegas sees the weekend is that they will exit the weekend only one game behind Minnesota with right. a chance to play them themselves. Sure. If, if it plays out like it's supposed to on paper. So, Wisconsin still has a ton to play for, is what we're trying to say and, here. But Nebraska, they're still fighting to get into a bowl game. They got three games left. They need to win two out of three. It's not going to be easy. But you know, if they, if if this team really cares and has heart, they're going to come out and play tough in this game. And I tell you one thing: if they beat Wisconsin this weekend, the the odds of them getting a bowl completely flip. Absolutely. I mean, they go from like right now. It's generally considered by national pundits and then reading through uh, what Nebraska people are saying, none of them think Nebraska can pull us off and get to a bowl. I still say that they, they can if, and again, if they beat Wisconsin here, it's like a 90% lock that they're going to a bowl at that point. 95%. I would think so. Another thing to point out here is that the way to get to Wisconsin to touch them up when, when Wisconsin's playing defense is to throw over top of them. Okay. You got to get, you got to get over top. Yep. I can't make up my mind if that is a good thing or a bad thing for Nebraska. I'd say overall, it's probably a bad thing, but you do have J.D. Spielman. It's not like you can't do it. I Correct. just don't think you have as many weapons as even Wisconsin does at the wide receiver position. But J.D. Spielman, good. Noah, good. I mean, they've got some talent on yeah. the perimeter. Can they get Wandale Robinson out of the backfield, moving around? They're it, it, I don't think it takes a genius to say when you look at Wisconsin's uh, defense – and Nebraska having troubles running the ball, or at least consistently, 
I don't know how much Frost is going to try to run the ball. I wonder if it's just going to jack it up there. I don't know. I'm very curious to see what the game plan is going to be for Nebraska on offense. Then flipping it around. I mean, we already kind of touched on it. There is a chance. I mean, there are there were times in the second half of the Iowa Wisconsin game, and I, I don't think I'm sounding too biased here when I say Iowa's got a better defense than Nebraska. Yes, and Iowa couldn't stop the running attack from Wisconsin. Could you plausibly see a thing where when you look at the total plays at the end of this game, it's like 65 plays for Wisconsin and they literally only attempt to run the ball 10 times or throw the ball 10 times? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I, 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 it I is mean, definitely going to have to be a let Nebraska prove that they can stop the run before you and stop And they haven't proven the they ball. can do that. And, I mean, I think what, what's sticking in my head right now is what you said right off the bat is that they averaged giving up 300 yards rushing to Wisconsin every time they played them. And this is as good of a rushing attack as they've had, probably. Correct. And Nebraska has not made strides defensively. Mm, on man. This. So, and, then, really... and then, by the way, last week, as you pointed out, they got Quintez Cephas a little bit more involved. Mm-hmm. Danny um, Davis got Danny involved. Danny Davis got involved. Uh, even though Jack Cohn is not the type of person that's going to just sit back and you know paint the corners, so to speak, if if – Nebraska has to bring that many people into the box in order to slow down the bleeding in the running game. He's good enough to hit you at that point. Yeah, he can. So Now you got me second-guessing myself, but I'm still going with Nebraska sacking up here and covering because of that hook. Okay. So I like Nebraska plus the 14-and-a-half. Okay. Um, everything I just said, too, I feel the same way. Like, I don't know. You just keep coming back to the well where you're saying, at some point, Nebraska is going to click. There has got to be a point, almost like a – law of averages thing where it clicks yeah with that being said if it does click so i'm going to take nebraska in the 14 and a half if it does click that means it's going to click offensively i have yeah. no confidence that it would click defensively mm. so i'm going to go way over i'm the going 51 over and a half and in fact i like that one too so i don't love it but i like it i'm going I, with the over there. i love it i love going over 51 and a half all right next game up Hey, by the way, we got a bitter rivalry this weekend. Yeah? Who's that? Four and five, Michigan State traveling into the big house to take on number 15, Michigan, at seven and two. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox. The Wolverines favored by 13 and a hook over under 44. Well, if the Freedom Trophy is the most forced trophy in sport, the Paul Bunyan Trophy is probably the ugliest trophy in yeah. sport. Yeah, it, it looks like it got whittled by a, like a a drunk old man or a 14-year-old. I don't know. Yeah, I, was, it just I wasn't going to give it as much credit as 14. I was going to no. say like 7-year-old. Like a 7-year-old. Yeah. And they felt bad because the kid was like had oh, some look mental at, issues. And yeah, look, look, at, at, look, look at what Tommy did. Let's let's paint this thing up and, and, and they call just, it a trophy. And they just rolled with it, yeah. Yeah, so yards per play differential. Michigan State still at a positive 0.4. Michigan at positive 1.5. Michigan owns the overall series, 70-36 to 36, with five ties. Now, little brother, right? Isn't this the little brother game? That's what that's what Michigan calls it. Well, in the last eleven games, guess how many times Michigan has won this? Three, three times. Yeah. Twelve, sixteen, and eighteen in the last eleven. So, yeah. who's been little brother lately, Michigan? Uh, I think Michigan State's been little brother. It well, depends on how recently, lately. Last, yeah, lately is. depends on how lately lately is. Um, sixteen and eighteen, they did win. Uh, Michigan, you know, here I'm going to go and say this, and it, certainly it could it could upset that. 
Michigan has certainly given some games away in the recent history yes. here. Basically, since Harbaugh has been at the helm, khaki pants has given so. I mean, the ultimate gaffe of of all gaffes when blocking the punt, the punt losing yeah. the game like that. It um, it, it 15, gave birth to the to the surrender cobra kid up, up in the stands. I mean, but by and large, last three four years, Michigan has looked like the better football team. Yeah, and they've won two Correct. of the last three. That's a good point. So probably th- yeah, probably three out of the last four they've looked like the better team. Um, and as as much consternation as there's been in the uh, Michigan Wolverine locker room and in the media, it, it doesn't hold a candle to Michigan State right now. No. Um, I good don't, lord. I mean, I've, I don't have a ton of insiders to Michigan State. I've made a new friend recently. Um, but I, what he tells me is the. The general overall confidence going into this game feels completely different. In previous years, it was like mm-hmm. they loved being the underdog, even as recently as last year. They loved going into this game because they just had a good feel. Sure, that, those good feels right now. <laughs> There's not many good feels in East Lansing. That's what I'm saying. Period. Right now, I mean, I think you're looking at a team in Sparty that's in a free fall. You're looking at a team in Michigan that's surging, that's coming up still, that just keeps getting better right now. Along with fresh legs since they were idle last week. And they get a game at home. Michigan has looked amazing I think they just have everything going for them this game. The only thing I can say for Sparty is if they still have pride, they need to win two out of three to get to a bowl. Correct. And obviously a season saver to say at least there's something to point at, something to point at. In the 2019 season, beating Michigan would be the thing to point out. I mean, I think that's pretty much all they sure. got left. At that's this point, really it. Right? Yeah. Because even that's if they point. get to a bowl and win it, it's not going to be a, a prestigious enough bowl to for you know a program like Michigan State to really care. The other way that this is going to be a low-scoring game, which is what Vegas is predicting, I guess what they are predicting is that Michigan State's defense will sack up and slow down Michigan's running attack. Because that's how Michigan's offense has exploded for the past month. Josiah Scott got injured. Their 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 cornerbacks all together were kind of getting, I'm not going to say worked by the Illinois receivers, but they were having trouble with the size of the Illinois wide receivers. And Michigan's got plenty of size at wide receiver and a better offensive line than Illinois. Absolutely, and at least as good of a quarterback, but somebody that probably a little better, a little bit be better. So, and then on the flip side of the things, Michigan's defense has been playing. Excellent as of, I mean, pretty much the whole year, but pockets of time where they've been incredible. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to grasp at here for this to be something that Michigan state can get an advantage of other than the fact that it's a rivalry and they're going to fight. That's like it. Hell. That's it. I mean, the, my only question this game is can the Michigan state offense put up some numbers? Some, you know, they, I know it's Illinois, but they scored a lot of points against Illinois. They moved the ball quite a bit against Illinois. Can they keep that going? I'm not sure if they can or not, but believe it or not, I like the over in this one. Really? I'm yeah. going over. I know I can see Michigan I, State, mind you, though I never go over Michigan State. No, I know. I'm going over. Well, they went over last week by quite a bit. True. Um uh I know what you're getting at. And and part of what you're getting at is I th- I see points getting put on the board by Michigan's I see Michi- offense. Michigan's going to score a lot. Okay. Um, the issue is I mean, on the like other 30. Side. Right. The Don't issue, you think? Yes. This feels – so the issue on the other side of that for me is is I just don't know how many points Michigan State can put But up. I think so they I think, can go two touchdowns, don't you? 30 to 14? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm not that confident. 
I'm not. Okay. I, what I'm way more confident in, yeah, I'm going to cha-ching it again. I like Michigan to cover that 13. I and do as well. Um, I thought this could be as high as 16 or 17, and I was hoping it would be under that. Very much like Michigan to cover that 13 and a half. If it got up to 14 and a half, my confidence would drop down a little bit, but I think I'd still like it. Yep. All right. So that moves us into two afternoon games. Here we go. We've been waiting on this one. <laughs> Number two, Ohio State, 9-0. and Hey, going two Rutgers. Yeah. They got to go on the road never, here. Never easy. The two and seven Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This is a 2.30 p.m. game. On Big Ten Network. Okay, so here we go. Uh, the Buckeyes are favored by 52 and a half. The over-under is 61. So, last week's podcast, right at the end, we predicted what the line yeah, was going to be. Yeah, that's right. So, I predicted 52. You and predicted 51. 51. Here's the deal. Okay, when I checked scores and odds just now, it was 52 and a half. But the, I saw three different lines on three different websites, and I died laughing. The average came out to be exactly 51 and a half. And a half. Nice. So it literally <laughs> went between us. Yes. How crazy is that? I, I mean, mean, that's actually you know pretty what? impressive, isn't it? We should not? start a podcast. <laughs> We're pretty good at this. But that was pretty impressive, that's, I thought. That's so. amazing. All right, give me some stats here. Okay, I, I, I so we mentioned it earlier, but <laughs> yards per play differential for Ohio State, just a hefty positive 3.7. Rutgers, oof, at a negative 1.7. Ohio State, of course, owns the overall in this series five to nothing. The average score in those games, fifty-four to five. Wow! You know what that gets from me? A mercy. The average score in the game is fifty-four to five in okay. five games. So using the Vegas lines here, what they are saying in the score of this, fifty-six to six. Oh my lord, <laughs> that's crazy. Do you think they? I wonder how much of that just that data they use from. You know, from previous years, or is it just pretty much coming off this year? Boy, I don't know. But you, there's no way. So they're saying that Rutgers is going to get two field goals, essentially. I Or a touchdown. Somewhere in that. Close to a touchdown, yeah. They're not getting a touchdown unless it's a fluke play. Which, it's the only way they can get and a touchdown. I don't, know, I don't know what podcast I listen to, but I, I heard essentially Vegas will never think that a team's going to get shut out. They, they yeah. basically are like, statistically speaking. It's very, very hard even to do. The it even needs so luck. Yes, to get there. So, but can, okay, yes, so that's me, what they're saying. They're saying somehow Rutgers gets two it gets a touchdown on the board, essentially. I, the only way I see it happens is a fluke touchdown because can you see them taking two drives into Ohio State territory and kick, converting on field goals twice? No. Neither it's going to be a fluke play. It, it can and only that's be Vegas, And that's play. what Vegas thinks, where Ohio State would just turn the ball over, pick six, Rutgers throws one into the end zone, something like that. So basically – I mean, Ohio State almost has to cover the spread on their own, essentially. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what it is. Um, last week, we talked about this, and it bears repeating. This very well might be the greatest Big Ten team of all time going against the worst Big Ten team of all time. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's definitely in that conversation. I think Rutgers is the worst Big Ten team of all time. I'm, I'm sorry, Rutgers fans. I just, that's that's how I feel. I mean, I think the only thing that compares is those really bad early 80s Northwestern's team, Northwestern teams. But they, had, like a little, said, they had a little they bit played, better. They played better competition and they played more competitively. This it was, was pretty, it was pretty much all power five teams that those Northwestern They played teams. all power five teams, so they couldn't chalk up two wins against non-P5. Like Rutgers has done, I dead, this dead, is the, dead serious. You know, you know what the hardest thing for Ryan Day here is not get injured. It's always come. Well, to that. But what what do you what do you say to your team? 
before this. I just when don't you think are you, Ohio State. I don't like, think you say do much. Do you just level with them? No, I think what you do is like you say, "Look, men, this is a business trip. Let's focus. You know, no, no grab assin. This is a Big Ten team. Focus and let's just go and do the job." And I think it'll pretty much be that, along with eyeballs are watching. For there's the a good one. There's the a good one. I like that. We need to keep this going to stay up because yep. there is a difference between falling from two to three. You, there's you, a huge difference in falling. From so you do not want to stay. Fall. Yeah, you got to stay, you in, the stay in the top two. Got it. That's their motivation right there. You got to, Mister. Um, uh, but overall, again, like this is a team on a mission. I, okay. I, I mean, there's no reason for. There is no plausible reason for me. Just to 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 utter the phrase, I'll take Rutgers in the points. <laughs> no, I know no, 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 no. when the points are fifty two and a half. Okay, uh, I got a stupid question that I think may be fun to talk about. If they kept their starters in the whole game, Ohio State, and if they played like came up and like, let's say Ryan Day got them really fired up, could they score a hundred points easily? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not know about easily. I'm, easily, <laughs> I on it. Dude, they've scored in the seventies this year. I mean, but think about how hard just, that is. You have to score basically on every possession. Yeah, a touchdown you're on you're basically saying, every possession. You're saying that like it's an issue. I, I could still work in fourteen <laughs> points off the defense. I mean, I know special teams give me twenty one points total from defense and special teams. Okay, so my offense only got to come up with you know. So you're going seventy nine points. You're going Ohio State minus the fifty two and a half, right? Yes. So am I. I. Am. Yeah. Do you and I'm like, going over, and I'm going over. I'm going over, too. Do, yeah. But do you like that play more than Northwestern? More than the UMass in the Northwestern game? <laughs> I do. I think I like this more. I think I might, too. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Because oh, here's the thing. like Ohio State's third team is still better than Rutgers starters. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, That's there's, why there's it doesn't no, matter. There's a drop-off, but those guys want to get in and score, too. Oh, they, they want to get in. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys are probably going to play for the first time. Right. And if there's anything that Ryan Day showed last week is – Underneath that that soft those like rosy cheeks, he's a he ain't he ain't afraid to put points up on the board. No, to he's prove not a point. Like, Underneath that gorgeous quaff, the quaff of yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than it will. Other be than I love Ohio State, it will be interesting to just click in and just see what the stat line is in this game. It's gonna be ridiculous. And by the way, honestly, dead serious. As a Big Ten fan and college football fan in general, I just do not want to read about anybody major getting hurt. No, of course that not. That would be horrible. And speaking of getting hurt, if Johnny Langan tries to run the way that he's been running against oh, this God. team, he's going to die. He could he he could decease. Yeah. Yeah, that could be another that, that would be a uh uh really tough uh uh housekeeping item. Uh, yeah, that'd be a tough one to report. <laughs> okay, that's not funny. Death, Johnny Langan <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, I think okay. so. So that brings us to the the number eight nine and oh minnesota golden gophers heading down i380 or excuse me at 35 i35 to go to iowa city to take on the number 20 ranked iowa hawkeyes at six and three this is a three o'clock p.m game on fox the line huh? iowa by three 
over under 44.5. Yeah, I was going to say I'm using a different road to get to Iowa. I don't Sorry know. about that. I don't know what 380, I'm taking. You actually, technically, you would hit 380. 380 goes through Cedar Rapids. Okay, so fair enough. I, I was kind of right and wrong at the same time. All right, Minnesota yards per play differential, positive 1.8. Iowa sitting at a positive 0.8. Minnesota owning the overall in this series, 62 to 48 with two ties. Minnesota won the, so they're up by four, 14, right, in the series? They won the first 12 games in this series. Oh, Lord. However, they've only won 11 games since 1982, and I was on a five-game streak right now. Yeah. Uh, no, four-game streak. Is right it four? Now. Yep. Okay. So Iowa has held on to Floyd. I mean, obviously, this is the greatest trophy All right, so in the history of college We talked football. about the most forced. We talked about the ugliest. Floyd of Rosedale trophy game. Greatest trophy in all of sport? I think, I think it's generally considered to be the case. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, first of all, the Big Ten Conference has a stranglehold on trophies. Absolutely. I mean, we're we're the greatest trophy conference of all. We time. trophy than anybody else, better than anybody <laughs> yes, else. Yes, we do. You know? we trophy the hell out of it. And I mean, you you got to have the, a trophy or rivalry, tro- however you want to say. It. It's got to have two things, two elements to it. Number one is the story behind it got to be a good story a great story great behind story. it governors you know betting the pig everything the, the, the prize winning pig for the, the the state fair and then just the aesthetics of the trophy itself it's so either cool. got to be a cool trophy or ridiculously ugly to the point where ugly so like ugly it's cool Right, like a like a Sharpade dog sure. or something like that. That's what Floyd brings to the table. It's a giant pig. Love me f- some Floyd. Oh, it's I remember when I first found out about Floyd when I was a kid. I just like laughed hysterically, and I'm yeah. like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, I you know, it's amazing. A lot of things I'm proud of in my life. I'm pr- I'm also not proud of a lot of things too. But, <laughs> sure, but a proud thing is, hey man, I've I've had my hand on the pig. Hey, oh yes, man, I'm jealous. Phenomenal. That thing is. Heavy as hell. I I, what I remember is I just got my hand on it because we were walking off the field and I just wanted my hand sure. on it. And two or three hands that were next to me stopped holding it. Suddenly I had weight on it sure. and I was at a bad angle and I was like, oh, you yeah, you're going to drop Floyd. I thought I was going to be a part of it. And then, you know, somebody else got their hands in there and picked it. It's pretty cool, though. The only one I've got to hold is the axe. Like we got to hold that in the spring. Okay. Between the, the Paul Bunyan's axe. That's gotcha. the only that's the only trophy I've ever held. Gotcha. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, all right. So uh what to talk about here. Um uh, Vegas is saying twenty four to twenty one mm-hmm. Hawks. Okay. Um and as far as Floyd, yeah, I was gonna kinda bring that up. I was one seven of the last ten, eleven of the last fifteen. Now okay. if you're a gopher fan, you're you're saying don't matter, right? That's different. Sure, that's ancient history. For, and, and to a certain degree, a lot of that is true. But then again, why is Iowa favored by three? Well, it's a good question. I was a little surprised by the line. I thought it'd be a close line. I thought Minnesota would be favored just slightly. So, yeah, it was surprising to me. Um, so what does Vegas know? Well, I think what Vegas is looking at is the two major factors is looking at Kirk Ferentz the last six times, I believe, a top ten team has come into Kinnick. I think he's mm. six, uh, five and one. Yikes! That's so. That's a thing. That's a thing for sure. And then I think even more than that, though, um, and I would kind of give that the the old Kinnick mystique type of deal. Even more than that is the the general lack of respect still shown towards Minnesota, at least by Vegas. There could be a gigantic amount of sharps out there that are putting their money on Minnesota, but they know that that's where the line's got to be. But I've also read into this week and a vast majority of the money 
has come on to Minnesota, but the line hmm. has not moved an inch. Wow. What is up with that? I don't know. So, now, the and then points. another thing is is the big game letdown. You know, some of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, this I is can a, see this that. is a real deal in, in college football. And th- this is something I've always believed is it's even when you have a really good team that's playing really well, it's hard to win the games that you normally lose. It's hard to overcome that. Now I know they just did it, right? They just did it against Penn State. That's a game that that Minnesota normally would lose. Even if they're playing really well and they get to that big game, it's usually a letdown. So have they overcome that fully? I don't know. It's just hard to, even when you have a better team than the other team, like I was supposed to win this game traditionally, right? In the last 25 years. That's a thing to overcome too. It is. Kids know that. They Like they know the history. And and to prove all the things that P.J. Fleck has overcome, uh, this is the first time or the, the last time that Minnesota has been 9-0 and since 04. Yep. 1904. I mean, that's a huge thing. Uh, here's another thing. This is something that you can't quantify. Uh, uh, quantify. I was hanging out with some coworkers today. Uh, we have branches all over for my company, and was doing some work, talking to coworkers, and I kind of thought to myself, I'm gonna take a little pop quiz here. Okay. How many of you guys watch the uh, Minnesota Penn State game? Three for three. Minnesota people watch the game, and I am telling you, I am telling you. That if I were to ask that exact same question about the Minnesota, you know, Maryland game last year, sure. it would have been 0 for 3. Zero, with, they yeah. wouldn't even have known who Minnesota was playing. Right. right. Hey. So this is this is the proverbial pre-axe, okay? When when PJ got the axe back, that got people's attention. Sure. Maryland versus Minnesota last year was pre-axe. Yes, it was. Ain't no gopher fans were watching that game. No. Or, or I should say, I, let me rephrase that. Ain't no Minnesotans watching that game. <clears throat> now, with the Axe win last year, the momentum coming in, the word got around. 11 straight wins, by the way, by this program. Correct. Uh, I saw another stat on Twitter today. 19% of households in the Twin Cities area yeah. had this game on. One of the highest percentages of TV of TVs. Which blew my mind, but the, it, but there what was the there was another stat there like that was the most watched eleven a.m. game in I don't know how yeah, many like years, four years or something like that. Yeah. Hey, by the way, do you think there's a lot of Minnesota alumni in this world that want to see the Gophers do well? Yes, I do. Their enrollments like forty five thousand. Do you think there's people that care about this? There has been people calling it a sleeping giant. There's some truth to that. Which is why I always say the best thing for college football is to have all teams cycle up and down occasionally. It's not to have the Blue Bloods always be the best. I mean, this is great for college football. They're they're waking up this fan base. I agree with that totally, just as long as it's not my team cycling down and my rival cycling up. Understood. (laughs) Which in this case is not what's happening. Uh, By the way, speaking of... You know, kind of what I'm getting at here is the difference between a a Minnesota fan and a Gopher fan, because there are two different things. We we pointed that out in the last podcast. I want to give a shout out uh, to JD from the Taken All Wrong podcast. He had me on his podcast uh, this week. I think it'll air here on Wednesday. Uh, he is a true Gopher fan. The the energy is swelling in this game. With that being said. Gopher fans, I have noticed, have collectively played the reverse psychology card so hard on this game. They have been predicting to lose this game okay. all year long, and they haven't even hardly relented off it this week. Really? Even after okay. the Penn State. Like, I think they're trying to 
They're trying yeah, to stomach. They're trying to, you absolutely. know. Absolutely. Abs- right. They're, they're, they want to prep themselves for the possible letdown. Correct. Yeah. That, I, I, that, I'm, and, an, and, I'm an expert at that, by the way. And I think most fan bases not named Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State are, for the most part. You know, like you got to get that feeling going. Another thing, too, is, you know, the different uh, uh, streaks and everything we're talking about. They haven't won in Kinnick since 1999. Wow. I so mean, that's that's a, something, too. That's a long time. Boy, that is a long that's time. That's a long time. 20 years. Yeah. I just think I just feel like that it's time that one's due to change. That one's due. I feel like the Gophers I, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to praise PJ Fleck again. He's got these guys in a good mindset. His team is in a great place mentally right now. I think they're taking that three-point dog roll and they're loving it. Okay. They're eating it up. Yeah. They love being the dogs. So I've gone back and forth with this and everything points to minnesota right i mean i think so um the one thing i would say is is uh um i think you can run the ball on minnesota i don't know if iowa can run the ball on very many teams no but will they be able to pass the ball that that is a question um something's going off in my brain i swear i'm not looking at this as a well yeah i am i mean i can't i can't pull the hawkeye fandom out of when i try to look at these games I think there's a couple things that Iowa got figured out last week. Well, I am I'm curious about their offense. If they kind of found something on offense last week. And there's also something to the fact that this staff will make changes and do something different when their backs are just totally up against the wall. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like that's what we have here. So what I like the most in this game is the over 44. And I do a half. as well. Again, I'm gonna look at exactly what the the weather is okay if like if it's if it's really gonna be crappy from what i could tell most of the weather looked great this week it it did look it did look pretty good i'm gonna take iowa and and i'm gonna take minnesota to cover they're they're gonna get the three points but iowa's gonna win oh okay it is going to be an amazing game i'm thinking it's going to be a 31 to 30 game that iowa pulls out i like minnesota money line okay all right yeah, I, I like mean, them to cover. I like them to win it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird with the money. I mean, you don't get a ton of bump sure. for your money with that. But I also understand the play. I mean, anytime. If you really think a dog can win the game, yep. just go ahead and sprinkle it on the money line. I think they're going to win it. A little bit I more think payment PJ's time. got them humming, baby. Okay. Um, that's all I got. Me too. Okay. Um, I think, by the way, ultimately, the, so Georgia and uh, Auburn play this weekend okay ideally auburn beating georgia that would be awesome would be a good thing because then if georgia turned around and got spanked by lsu that's gonna and then if auburn could then turn around and beat alabama the whole thing i'm trying to get at is just 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 stamp out the uh sec from getting two teams in i I will watch i want to watch every second of the college football playoff if we have four teams from four regions me too I, mean, and, I would and, watch and it. And it yeah, just yeah. like it's like the it's like what ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, and Pac twelve fans all agree with. Like, just give us four champions. champs. Yeah, I mean, and, and and there was a there's all the scenarios getting thrown out on Twitter right now, right? And one of the scenarios was I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it was like, okay, who gets in? And my answer was Big Ten champ, SEC champ, Pac twelve champ, ACC champ. Yeah, that's who gets in. Yeah, because we're we're picking around like who but yeah but this team that doesn't here's what i know i know those four teams that i just listed off are champions in their own league you know they earned it they earned a the berth on the field 
And, and then it just gets to, but not all conferences. Are, you know, I know that. I know that the Big Ten is tougher than the the MAC. Okay, I understand that. I get that. There, but the the differences that we're saying here. I mean, right now Oregon is su- supposedly one of the top what twelve teams in the country, right? Mm. Oregon gave that game away to Auburn. Yeah, and it was a quote unquote neutral field that was a pro Auburn stadium. Oregon gaffed it away. Another thing, Oregon's better than what they were the first week of the season. Yeah. Anybody can see that yeah. again. Just, and just think about the playoff. If you, if you, you've got five conferences, you've got four spots. If you give it to four champions and keep one, one conference out of it, that keeps the non-conference games. Interesting. Thank it you. means you have to schedule competitively in the non-conference or else you're out, buddy. Even if you win your conference. Cause another question I posed then on the whole season matters when you do that. Th- Everything th- matters. And then another thing, everybody has a shot. Anybody Everyone that wins has a their shot. conference can get, um, uh, what happens if a 9-3 and three team wins the conference? They got in. I don't know. What to I'll say. be and honest by the with way, you. The way it's set up now, if you do have that 9-3 and three team that, that gets lucky to get in and then the other team turns the ball over four times and they win, there's probably four better conference champions Correct. to pick from. So you'd probably never have that happen. I mean, very rarely. And and if you and if once out of every twelve years, then so be it. They get whopped by the number one team. You move on. Nobody's nobody's gonna die. I mean, we're already this. watching blowouts as it is. Right. And then the other thing to point out to to continue on what you just said, and making the conference games, the non-conference games, still matter. Right now, if you're Oregon, right, if you could, you know, get the flex capacitor and the DeLorean out, go back in time. Wouldn't you schedule UNLV instead of Auburn? Absolutely. Right now you would. They're Absolutely. the number four team in the country right and now. And you could not do that if if it was if they made made conference champion a requirement. You couldn't do it. If they made conference champion a requirement, I would actually like the playoff, I think. It would make a big difference. Yeah. And I think I think if they go to six or eight teams, that'll be the deal. I don't know. Yeah, but then you've They'll got the team that, that loses and okay, now you get a second chance, which I don't want either. If you didn't win it out in the first place, I don't want you in the playoff. I'm with you, you, man. You, you, you lost your chance. Here. You're not going to get any argument here. You and, had and your it, chance and you lost it. You want to know why? Because it's a man's game. That's right. You you were in that locker room, and a reporter, how do you feel about that other team going to the playoff even though you only lost one game? The, what the players typically say in that case are, we had our chance. We should have won the game. Right. You know? I mean – how gross is it that after the Alabama LSU game, Saban and the players are already campaigning mm-hmm. after the game getting beat? Yeah. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. All right. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.